Hello, and welcome to BakaCast for the final week of the, well, final weeks, I guess, of the winter 2018 anime season. I'm your host, Dustin, and with me today is Larry. Ta-da! Aaron. And Ben. Yo. And uh, Emily will be joining us later. She's currently a little busy, but uh, we figured we'll go ahead and uh get through the spring preview since that's gonna take us a while anyway uh you can find show notes at www.projectharuhi.net and at www.audioentropy.com so as i mentioned before let's go ahead and take a look at the shows that are airing in spring 2018 and find out which ones are going to be completely annihilating all free time we have so we'll start with 3D Kanajo, uh, aka 3D C- Girlfriend, for those who don't want to be a weeb, but I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so. Uh, Hikari Tsutsui is a high school boy who is satisfied with the virtual girls he encounters in anime and games. He does not have any friends and he lives in his own world. One day when he is stuck on pool cleaning duty, he is approached by Iroha, a quote, real girl who is showy and popular with boys. Okay. Color me underwhelmed. Yeah, that seems... Uh, it doesn't seem, like, blatantly awful like some of these shows can be, but also it doesn't seem particularly interesting. Uh, color so, me uh, after the rain. No, I ain't watching it. Yeah, That's going to be one where, like, unless people start saying, oh, this is shockingly good, I'm not going to bother with it, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Um, if they follow the manga, yeah, it's not going to be good. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I uh, next, I think Scamp was pretty unimpressed with the manga. That's yeah. not surprising. Uh, next up, we have Aikatsu Friends from it's, Bandai, Bandai it's a, Namco. It, it's a kid's show. Yeah, okay. All right, moving on. It's it's uh, a long it's a long running uh it's a long running franchise for little girls. Gotcha. Definitely not our demographic unless that demographic was the My Little Pony reviews we did like 3 years ago. But anyway, uh from JC <laughs> staff, we have Amanchu Advance, second season of Amanchu. Yes. I I actually don't remember what that show was. It's the one about the scuba diving. Oh, okay. It's anyway. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's an Iyashike type anime. All right. Is it like? Okay. It's just a bunch of girls who do scuba diving, right? Oh, it's a class. It's a. It's a. Uh, oh, a class. Okay. Yeah. There, there is mixed gen. I think there's one male. Got some. I think I, we gender dive. Extra- oh, oh, good. <laughs> I, I think we. I gained. I think we gain an extra male this season. Uh. Anyway, but the. Yeah, what I gather, it's supposed to be pretty chill. Yeah. All right. The first season was. Um, yeah, I didn't all right. bother. Next one we can just skip over, Beyblade Burst Chozetsu. Does anyone watch Beyblade other than no. no. children? Um, Binan Koku, sorry, Koko Chikyu Boebu Happy Kiss. Wait, is this a sequel to the... Yes, yes, Magical Boy parody we had a while ago. Yes, yes, it is. It's the third. I remember season. that ridiculous title. It's the third season, and I thoroughly enjoyed the first two seasons, so I'm going to check this out. I actually forgot they made a second season. Yeah, 
it's kind cool. of impressed it's kind of impressive they have a third season like uh i got kind of worn down by it near the end i felt like they started to run out of jokes that really hit for me but you know i'd rather have this sort of comedy than a lot of the other garbage we get yeah. so well, the second season uh took a few shots at the idol industry oh nice uh. <clears throat> yeah like it, it does enough good stuff that like i'm even even if I'm not personally interested, like I'm cool to see that there's an audience for it and it keeps getting made because like it's still leagues above a lot of the other stuff we see on here. So you know. Uh, next up is Boku no Hero Academy episode uh, season three, which of course we're reviewing that. I mean, come yeah. on. Uh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it's it's yeah. From what you know, I mean, from what I've been, I mean, re, I'm reading, following the manga. And, uh, yeah, this season's arc is gonna be epic. Yeah, especially since finally, uh, like, episode, sorry, not episode, season two ended with, uh, like, a league of villains finally being created, so. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, all for one, yeah, all for one enters the, enters the battle. Yep. To go with one uh, for all. Did he? Uh, one for all is, uh, is All Might and, uh, Deku's Quirk. Yep. All yeah, for, that's what all, Larry all for, meant. Yes. All for one is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up is Butler's Chitose Momotose Monogatari. All right. Uh, this is an original uh, picture show by Silverlink. Uh, Koma Jinguji... Uh, A.K.A. Jay is the smart and handsome student council president. Of course, he is. His elegant smile captures the hearts of women. Tsubasa Hayakawa is a multi-talented and gentle shop assistant at a cafe. His cafe latte with owl latte art is very popular with female customers. The two men travel through time. Wait, hold on. Uh-huh. <laughs> this took a swerve. <laughs> yeah. The two men travel through time to fight their arch enemy. The charming butlers, as they oh, I hate this scroll wheel. The charming butlers, as they are called, fight supernatural batters, battles and also experience a slapstick comedic life at their academy. I'm so confused. I'm sorry. The only reason I wouldn't watch this is the Subasa Hanakawa. I know. Uh, nah, she, she they, they they should have picked a different name for the character because when I think of that, I think of. No, see, it's not Hanaka- It's not Hanekawa. It's Hayakawa. Oh, see, it's totally oh, okay. different. Well, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever. That's, that's anyway. That sounds no. <laughs> it sounds like one of those shows that could be like kind of just sleeper, like pretty okay, or one that's just completely yeah. brain dead. Uh, I think the 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 trick is. <clears throat> the trick is how it ha- how it balances the tone. Yeah, and also like, t- mm. is the comedy actually decent? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a big question mark there. <clears throat> um, moving on to Caligula from Satellite, the Caligula effect is set in a virtual reality program known as Mobius, created so people can escape pain in their lives and live in an Id- idyllic high school setting, forced to live out there three years indefinitely. I don't know about y'all, but no, for being forced to live out my high school every 
like forever does not sound particularly idyllic. <clears throat> uh, the main protagonist is one one of a group who realize they are in a virtual world and formed the Go Home Club, a group dedicated to escaping from Mobius and its godlike overseer, overseer program, a vocal program called Mew. That's the letter Mew, I should note. Uh, they oppose the ostinato musicians. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> a group who supports Mew and sees the go-home club as traitors. Uh, this is just like the Matrix, but in a high school setting. Well, yeah, so the... So, right. Yeah, the reason why you, you don't appreciate being in high school forever is that you're not Japanese. I guess, I guess so. No, it's... Yeah, because the way... The way Japanese society works is that after high school, you know, okay, some people go to college, but uh, most people go and get jobs, which basically suck. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm, <laughs> jobs suck uh, for people in the United States, too, so. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> hey, there aren't um, many places where that isn't true. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... This is one where, especially since it's from Satellite, like, it could be, like, that kind of, like, really dumb entertainment that's, like, it's it's stupid, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, or it could just straight up be, like, dumb, dumb. Uh, yeah, I think, I think there's, uh, let's see, it's like, uh, let's see, since, uh, let's see, since it's, there's, like, since Mew is a, yeah. Uh, the Ostinata Musicians, that suggests that uh, there's going to be a music element to it, too. Yeah, which, I mean, isn't, yeah, isn't surprising. They've done, like, Macross stuff before. But yeah, oh man, yeah, Satellite have done a lot of, like, varied things, so. I mean, who knows, maybe it'll be decent. I mean, they did Noaeen, I really like Noaeen, did Macross <laughs> Frontier. They did Simple uh, Gear. <laughs> they all... Yeah, they also did Gene Shaft. Easy. <laughs> did you guys have? Did you, guys have you can't. That? You can't. You can't throw older anime into current anime. That's true. Did you guys uh, ever watch Gene Shaft? Yes, I did. I think Aaron. No, yeah, Dustin. Larry did. I, I don't think I did. Oh, I did okay. not. Because it was pretty good. It was. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess a more relevant comparison would be uh, they did Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens, which is another good example of a show that's you know, real dumb, but I still kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> so. Well, I'm watching the preview for it, and uh, no. Oh, not, not impressed? Not impressed. The cast is impressive, but it looks like it's, um, uh, well, there, I don't know. We're only a minute in of minute 38, and there's already threats of blood and violence twice, so. <clears throat> Yeah, that that seems yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, it, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Might as well. Um, Captain Tsubasa, twenty eighteen, a remake of the pretty famous soccer anime, uh, being done by David Production. So I guess David Production is doing is starting to make a name for themselves by being uh, the people to go to for remakes of shonen things people like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure. I have some friends who will be stoked about Captain Subasa coming back, but I, I don't particularly care. It'll probably be fine. Yeah, 
<clears throat> if sports anime is your thing, then this will be your thing. Yeah. Ben, do you care about Captain Tsubasa? I know uh, there. Are, like, I never watched any. Like. I never. I never watched any of the previous iterations, so I'll give this a try since uh, you know I like a good sports anime. Yeah. Fifty-two episodes. <laughs> uh, the, right. the, the manga went on for a long time. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, next up is Comic <clears throat> Girls. Uh, the manga's story centers on the fifteen-year-old high school student and manga creator Kaoruko uh, Moeta, who uses the pen name Chaos. <laughs> sweet, sweet pen name, <laughs> Edge Lord. Uh, after ranking at the bottom of a reader survey, Kaoruko's gosh, Kaoruko's editor recommends that she enter an all-female dor- dormitory dormitory for manga creators. Kaoruko's roommates are shoujo manga creator uh, Koyume Koizuka, teen romance manga creator Ruki Irokawa, and shonen manga creator Subasa Katsuki. The girls support each other as they work to become better manga creators. So it's four cute girls doing manga. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, Yuru Camp ended up okay, and so did uh, At the End of the Universe, so I don't put anything past the, the four girls genre anymore. <clears throat> but also, I'm inherently skeptical at all times. Yeah. Especially, especially when it's a premise like, oh, they're making manga. <laughs> and they have cute stylized backpacks because yeah, because i have i have yet to see a they make manga story that it like actually really impresses me i like bakuman yeah like the best one is probably bakuman <clears throat> and i had some serious reservations about that show even though i i could understand why people liked it um so yeah, who knows? I, well, I probably it's, it's be cute girls, stylish backpacks, and lots of huggy pillows. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah, uh, lots of huggy pillows. Something I will be checking out because I just have to know, uh, Cutie Honey Universe. When was the last time we had a Cutie Honey show? <laughs> I think it's been several years. Uh, it's been over a decade. Yeah, the last one was. R.E. Cutie Honey, was it? Yep. Yeah, that was back in... uh, 74? No, that was the the original manga. Yeah, the original manga. Okay. That's 2004, so it's been 14 years. (laughs) Man. Wait, directed by Hideaki Anno? Okay. Uh, Yeah, so, man, I guess it's just the... Time for Gonagai revivals, apparently. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll check it out, because I dig me some Gonagai. Uh, but also, Cutie Honey is one that always leaves me kind of worried. Mm. <laughs> Just because, you know, Gonagai and women. Yeah. Uh, Drum roll. All right. Yeah. Uh, next up is Devil's Line, um, which I I kind I kind of just want to read the first sentences Scamp has for this because I feel like they would sum up my opinion pretty well uh, too, and cut past like 
the vague summaries that these shows always have. Um, it's about vampires, vampires that are called devils. This annoys me far more than it should. The series is about dangerous, sexy vampires who go around raping and killing ladies, but this one vampire is trying to fight his urges, and that makes it sexy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I've read the manga. I've actually read five volumes of the manga. It I assume... Pretty I was going to say, I assume if you read five volumes, then it's it's got to be have something, unless you were extremely bored. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty good, uh, initially. Uh, like, the more I got into it, the more I was like, this is just getting stupid and complicated. Um, oh, okay. And so then I stopped. Kind of like how I reacted to Tokyo Ghoul, where, like, at the start I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then by the end I was like, I don't want to watch any more Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected it to go in a much different route than it did, and I'm... I was kind of disappointed. Hmm. I, I'll probably watch the first episode or two, you know, just to give it a fair shake. But yeah, I don't expect a whole lot. Also, Scamp thing isn't quite accurate, but it's all right. Scamp. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he doesn't take his previews that seriously. Oh no! I mean, neither do we really. <laughs> oh, sometimes we uh, do, depending on what it is. It, Scamp at least does slightly more research than I do. I just, like, look up the list and read the summaries. <laughs> so I'm even more lazy. Uh, yeah. Ben, did you do you have any experience with the Devil's Line manga? Never read it. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to Doreku, the animation. Oh, boy, this summary. What if you could enslave anyone you ever wanted? <laughs> I, I just want to check this one out because I just want to know what the hell this is. Uh, the answer to that show is no. <laughs> uh, and the summary goes on. Well, this comes close. <laughs> All right. The SCM lets you enslave anyone who is also wearing an SCM at a price. One must win over the other at the cost of anything in order for the other to become their slave. And that's the only description. Thunk. And I'm like, this sounds like the most edgelord shit imaginable. Well, <laughs> like, you know, it, I'm looking at the studio and it's like, it says it's zero G. So yeah, it's kind of just floating. <laughs> what else has zero G done? Um, nothing we have watched. Uh, and you I know watched, what? I watched a few of their shows. Uh, I, I vaguely remember Dive being a thing. It was, it was okay, not great. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's, it, it's, oh, it's, crap. Uh, the Doreku is, uh, the manga is completely translated. Oh, really? Yeah, it's ten volumes. Have fun, Aaron. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, on to a show. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. We're moving right along. All right, uh, on to a show that I don't think anyone thought was going to happen. FLCL, uh, or Furikuri, if you prefer, Progressive, uh, the second season of Furikuri. Which Can we just agree that June. this is going to be awful? Huh? You got to wait till June, check, the, check its airing Oh, day. yeah, 62 days. Why the heck is this in the spring preview? Because it's uh, barely in spring. All right, I guess technically. But yeah, like, I was not at all expecting this. Like, I remember... Well, there's progressive uh, and alternate. There's one more after this. 
Yeah, when when was this first revealed? Because I feel like it was a year ago. Yeah, almost. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they just suddenly revealed it, and everyone and, was like, was and, both like, oh, wow, that's cool, and then they thought about it for a moment, and then was like, <clears throat> wait, but Flutie Cooley was basically perfect on its own. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it overloaded uh, forums on several anime sites when they said, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, and an alternate. Why? Yeah, and, and that's the weird thing about the FLCL sequel, is that on the one hand, FLCL was super good, and... You know, having more of a super good thing is obviously exciting. But also, on the other hand, FLCL, FLCL was very self-contained. So, yeah. Well, it looks like they're not just retreading it. Yeah, uh, they, they, they do have a different starring character, which that is exactly what they should have done. Until you go um, to alternative, then Haruka, Haruka, Harahara is back in alternative. Well, no, I, I, that makes sense because she's not really a character who has growth. She's more of a catalyst. Uh, she's a she's a thing that happens yeah, to yeah. the main character. Uh, so I think it's fine for her to be back. Um, but yeah, it's there's there's a lot of concern about FL, this new season not living up to the same quality as the first one, which well, I think is perfectly valid. Yeah, <laughs> well, the bad. thing is, the staff is going to be completely different. Yeah, that that's also a big thing. Um, yeah, so the style... I mean, yeah, so, like, the style and presentation is going to be completely different. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'll watch it, because... Because, come yeah. on. Uh, but it, I don't know oh, how yeah, it's going to work. I don't know. I don't know how well they're going to execute on it. I mean, best case scenario is that it's another entry that, you know, because it's from a new, different creative team, it takes a, like, entirely different spin on it and, like, is a sort of uh, cool reimagining of the FLCL formula as we know it. Or, worst case scenario, it's just, like, a blatant pandering. And so, yeah, it's it's both very exciting and also worrying, <laughs> as is the nature with it, like sequels to uh, extremely popular sort of self-contained series. Speaking about sequels, yeah, another one that I don't think anyone ever thought would happen: uh, Full Metal Panic, Invisible Victory. Uh, and man, this will be an interesting. Uh, this will be an interesting show to see, like how how well full, the Full Metal Panic formula has aged. Because I liked it when I was a teenager, but also I really liked Love Hina when I was a teenager. So... <laughs> I mean... Um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably gut feeling say that Full Metal Panic is still quite a bit better than like Love Hina, but uh, also, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see whether that franchise has aged it as well as I'm hoping it has. <clears throat> um, okay, so, yeah, what, <clears throat> okay, the, what gets me is, uh, what, yeah, what gets me is, uh, that the episode count. Yeah, 12. Yeah, 12 episodes. Okay, so, pro so okay, my guess is 
uh, they're continuing on. So, uh, so the original, the first season and uh, second raid basically covered the first five volumes. So therefore, <laughs> how many of the remaining volumes are they going to cover in these twelve episodes? Because. <laughs> So, that is an open question. Yeah. When it comes to adaptation, structure is king. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it seems like a small episode count for Full Metal Panic. Yeah, I mean, if they just cover, like, you know, if they if this season covers just, like, you know, two or three volumes, then it can work. Yeah, my guess is that they're testing the waters to see if people still care about Full Metal Panic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely be checking that out, um, just for the nostalgia factor, and also because I would like Full Metal Panic to still be good. <laughs> yeah, I I read. But man, I mean, that ending of the last season that was not Fumofu was very bad. Uh, uh I thought it was okay. That, uh, I didn't have any, I, I, didn't, I, I just remember it being extremely Deus Ex Machina. Uh, uh but yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's right uh, move on. Yeah, uh, another one we'll just immediately <clears throat> skip over Future Card Buddy Fight X All Star Fight. There's a lot of seasons of that show. Uh, next up, Gegege no Kitaro. Um, Oh, that's another. Which, uh, that's a reboot of a classic. Yeah, yeah, going all the way back to like 1968, oh, long time ago. Yeah, the most recent one was done back in 2007. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure if any of us care about Gege no Kitaro. Like, I know of it, but I've never actually watched any of it. Uh, I'll give it a try. Um, one thing we definitely will be giving a try, uh, and hoping to God it is not horrible, is is the remake of Legend of Galactic Heroes being done by Production IG. It's only 12 episodes, which... Not sure if y'all remember when we did a retro <laughs> review of that series. 16 or but something? But yeah. it was definitely not 12 episodes when we did it. So I am very curious what they'll be covering in this. Like if they're just going to do like the very first arc of what this series showed. Or if they're going to be doing like one of the, what was one of the prequel OVAs back when the original series was coming out but or something. The description says it's their rise to power. So, so Yeah, so it sounds like they might be doing going over what the prequel OVAs did. Or they could be doing it in chronological order. Possibly. Because uh, in the original series in the original series, like the uh, like the first episode was, you know, covered the first episode, you know, well, the first two episodes covered, like, the first meeting of Yang Wenli and Reinhardt. Uh, and, but, you know, but, but, but there were, like, later episodes had flashbacks to, like, what their lives were before they encountered each other. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, like, the manga, for instance. I read a few chapters of the manga, 
and the manga, you, you know, the manga is covering it in chronological order, so it's got, like, you know, so it's, you know, alternating between, like, you know, Reinhardt and, you know, Reinhardt as a child and in military school and, you know, and as a, you know, as a low-level officer, you know, alternating with, you know, the early life of Yang Wen Li. Yeah, that would make sense because, like, I see the, some of the early characters there, but I don't see, for example, in and this could just be promo art uh, weirdness, but I don't see, for example, Yang Wen Li's wife or oh, you know she's the... got a she's got a voicing role in it. Oh, she does. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Hang on a second. I'll tell you who the because they it was a very oh Aya Endo. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess Anna Chart just has a very small list then. Yeah, yeah. Anna Chart. Yeah, because because the poster makes it look like it it's going to be more toward the early stages of their careers. Yeah. But yeah, well. I'm I am very curious. I really want this to be good. Like I I want it to be good so badly. Please. Yeah. Please get people into Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Don't screw this up, Production IG. <laughs> I mean, like, if anyone can do it, it would be production IG. I mean, they know how to how to make people just sitting around talking interesting. They did that with Ghost in the Shell. So, <laughs> and at the very and, and at the very least, they I, I feel like they couldn't possibly make the bat, space battle scenes more boring than they already were. So, <laughs> like, I love Legend of Galactic Heroes, but man, those space fight scenes, who. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Cross your fingers. Um, next up is Golden Kamui, which I have heard of that manga before. I have read, I've, I've read the manga, and it is awesome. Right, so definitely checking that out. I think it's like a seinen kind of yes, manga, it, right? It's definitely, yes, it's definitely a seinen manga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I showed you that uh, that picture of the uh, dude ripping the uh, the bear ripping the guy's face off, right? Oh yeah, you did. Now yeah, I remember that, that. That was Golden Kamui. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we're definitely checking Golden Kamui out. Uh, Gundam Build Divers, which I know people who like Gundam Build, so they'll probably watch that. Um, I never got into gun build fighters. We probably will not be reviewing it. Um, okay, it looks Garazana. Like... Oh, oh, sorry. Well, I was just looking up. It says it looks like it's a remake of the OVAs adapted from the novels. Oh, oh really? Huh? Yeah. Wait. Uh, um, there are Gundam build divers. No, in no, novels? no, 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 no. Going back to Galactic Heroes. I put. Oh, I, okay. I, I shoved the. La- yeah, I'm sorry. Fingers are a little slow today. <laughs> Okay, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, well, hey, if I didn't dump you on your ear at least once a podcast, you didn't think I care. (laughs) All right. um, Moving on to uh, Gurazani by Studio Dean. Uh, The baseball money survival story focuses on a baseball team that operates as a highly stratified society where the player's performances determines his annual salary. The story follows an eight-year relief pitcher with an odd left-handed sidearm throw as he fights to survive under the team's strict system. All right. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see, I read a... Yeah, it, it, that kind of reminds me of One Out. Which was a, uh... Which was a show from 2007. <laughs> I read them. I read them. I read a few uh, volumes of the manga for that, which was well, one out. I haven't read any of Gura's any. Hmm. Uh, I'm just a. <clears throat> but I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check it out. All right. Uh, I will let you report back on whether or not it's good. Um, one thing we definitely know will not be good. Is the fourth season of High School DxD, Yo. aka High School DxD Hero? <clears throat> I saw the first two seasons and I actually kind of liked it. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. Yes. Um, <laughs> Mother Mother's Basement Mother's Basement had a very had a had a very interesting YouTube video actually, which talked about the virtues of the High School DD franchise. Uh huh. Must have been yeah. very short. <laughs> yeah, was it? Was it just an image of breasts? And it's like wasn't no seconds. Okay, now so the thing about the thing about high school DD is that okay, yeah. The, Aside it, from the intended appeal being in this title, no, it's got okay. The thing is, it's got the it's got yeah, it's got the etchy it's got the etchy harem side, but it it also has like the shonen action side to it. Oh, good. Two generic tastes that taste generic together. (laughs) I'm glad you like it, but I have zero. Like, that. the whole thing is just an anathema to me at this point. Like, unless it's got some sort of, like, really wild premise that, like, is able to make fun of itself like Keijo was. But, like, man, that... That's once in a blue moon. No, it's it's just. I mean, it's just as like a you know as an etchy series, it's solid. As a shonen action series, it's solid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Hina Matsuri. Uh, the comedy manga centers around a superpowered girl named Hina and Nita. A uh, young member of the Yakuza, Hina suddenly appears in Nita's room and threatens him with her extraordinary powers. However, they end up living together. It's actually oh. way better than the summary sounds. Okay, yeah, the summary. I mean, yeah, because like that's a pretty solid premise, but wow, that summary was garbage. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of right because yeah, the, the big fun is that you basically have, you know, Hina is just like this. Is basically an alien with superpowers, and she gets adopted by this yakuza underboss. <laughs> and so the way they the way these things come together is amusing. Also, oh. also the side characters are really fun. <clears throat> okay the the preview the promo video is making me a lot more interested in this than the summary did. I I but also I just like. As a fan of the Yakuza franchise, I just like goofy Yakuza shit in general. So, oh yes, this this thing is this show this series is very goofy. Yeah, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, onward to Hisone Tomasotan from Studio Bones. 
Straightforward and innocent, Hisone Amakasu is a self-defense force rookie stationed in the stationed at the Air Self-Defense Force's Gifu base. She was struggling with the fact that she sometimes hurts people unintentionally by her innocent words and decided to join the Air Self-Defense Force, hoping to maintain a certain distance from people. This decision led her to a fateful encounter which pro- profoundly changed her life. It was the OTF dragon hidden in the base, and it shows Hisone as his pilot... When it soared into the sky with Hisone, her fate as a dragon pilot was decided. It is said that dragons have a key to the future of the world. Wow, another really garbage summary there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I get what it's talking about, but also... Uh, I, it's it's something, airplanes and uh, dragons, girls, and, and, and yeah, jets. What, what, what can be wrong with it? Yeah, Yo. it? It is weird to see that sort of, like, very kind of... <laughs> Almost cartoonish, like kid, kitty art style applied to like people in fighter jets, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, like to to be clear, it ain't brave witches. Like, it's not that kind of. No, and it's like, there won't be that, art style. There won't be that fan service that was it and strike witches were both uh, famous for. Yeah, no, the it it generally just does seem like a very well animated like kids show uh about a girl who pilots a dragon that's also a jet yeah um yeah which i mean it could be solid like i i'm liking the look of this um promo video it does it looks very good in Mm -hmm. terms of animation yeah Yeah, well let's think let's think it's by it's by bones and they don't they don't half-ass any of their stuff yeah and it's the thing i i watched a couple of promos now mari okada is the series story producer but <laughs> yeah she's occasionally done good work yeah. so i don't want to always throw her yeah, under the bus yeah, but yeah. so you know it's like this you know yeah she yeah mari okada is definitely a loose cannon yes when, when it comes that, to storytelling and and watching this i'm, I'm kind of like okay if you want to be a loose cannon this is the perfect place to be a loose cannon yeah, so I, I'll, I'll be checking it out uh, yep. just because it like it looks it looks gorgeous. Um, so I, it could it could just ha- be like a really solid you know lighthearted show. Yeah. Um, so kind of like Eurocamp. All right, uh, moving on to a show I know Ben really likes, uh, Hozuki no Reitatsu, uh season two part two. So yep. more of the comedy set in hell. I am pumped. Because that was an awesome show. Uh, and then we've got a adaptation of Inazuma Eleven, uh, Aries No Tenben. Um, I know like two people uh, who really, really love Inazuma Eleven. Shoutouts to at uh, Weed Lord Vegeta on Twitter, or actually he's called at Ansem Ebooks at this point. He dropped his Weed Lord Vegeta title, um, but he's a big fan of Inazuma Eleven. Not sure if he cares about viewing it in anime form though <laughs> video game uh, a- anime adaptations of video games tend to not go well uh-huh. uh, here's another one from satellite uh, Jushinki Pandora in the year 2031 an experimental energy device known as the quantum reactor is created to help alleviate the problem stemming from earth's dwindling 
uh, fossil fuel reserves. Unfortunately, the quantum reactor goes out of control, exploding and bathing the world with unknown energies in an incident known as the Shoryu Crisis. As a result of the catastrophic environmental changes that follow, humanity is pushed to the brink of extinction. And strange new organisms, part organic, part me mechanical, known as the... Uh, oh, okay, I thought it said bra with an exclamation point. That's actually B-R-A-I, the bri, emerge. Uh, seven years later, Leon Lau, one of the scientists at the center of the Shoryu crisis, is living in the wilderness near Neo Shoryu. Sorry, uh, Shoryo. One of the God, that's my glasses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of the last remaining human cities. Leon has entered into a family contract with Chloe Lau, and together the two of them research their own methods of combating the Bri threat. I mean, that's certainly an exposition premise. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, original sci-fi series. Um, I'm viewing the PV right now just to see how the animation looks. It's uh, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like it is serviceable as many of these original sci-fi uh, ones are um it's got an interesting enough premise that doesn't immediately ring any warning bells yeah but yeah who knows we'll we'll check it out probably oh and it started yesterday according to this oh really fascinating we're late to the party oh nice cgi tanks there <laughs> anyway uh Kazu, uh, Kaku, uh, I'm getting so bad at this as I go on. Uh, Kaku Ryo no Yadomeshi by Studio Gonzo. Oh, is this going to be one of these uh, uh, female harems? One of the, uh, Tomei, Tomei harems. Series centers on a female college student named Aoi who inherited the ability to see spirits from her late grandfather. Aoi prides herself on her cooking, and one day she's feeding some agricultural spirits when suddenly a god and the master of Tenshinya appears and takes Aoi away. He says that due to her grandfather's debts, she must become his bride. Aoi hates this idea and instead declares that she will pay back her grandfather's debt by working at uh, Tenshinya. Um, okay. I'm I mean, getting... judging from the promotional art, and that premise. Uh, I'm getting vibes of uh, Kami-sama Hajime Mashita. Based on a light novel. Oh yeah, that's... Alright, there are... That's at least one pretty boy. Who also has a stern glare. Oh, there's a second pretty boy. How many pretty boys are we going to get to in this PV? 56. Okay, that's three. Each with a different hair color. Okay, yeah, this uh, gut feeling, this definitely seems sort of like a, an otome genre sort of thing. Um, uh, well, or actually, it's, yeah, uh, like I said, reminds me of uh, Kami-sama Hajime Mashita. True. Which, which was like a supernatural shoujo romance. Yeah. Um, in, other, in, in which case, it might be good, but also I probably won't care. <laughs> Just because that's not my genre. Uh, well, I oh, like wow. Kami-sama Hajime Washita, so... <laughs> 
Um, oh, wow, this art style um, for this next one. Uh, Kirato Prichan, first uh, year middle school girls Mirai Momoyama and uh, Emo Moe, Moeagi are, sorry, Moegi are two aspiring idols who decide to use the Prechon system, a system used by famous people and companies to broadcast content. Like many girls starting their own channels and uploading content, the pair decide to become their own producers, starting with their own starting their own channel and attempt to become Prechon idols. Uh, I, don't about, I don't know about this. <laughs> this reminds me of a. I think I'm getting getting the impression that this is a kid show franchise. Yeah, it definitely seems seems like it. Um, here's another one from JC Staff called Last Period. Uh, Owari Naki Rasen no Monogatari. The story takes place in a world where fantastic beasts called spirals are born from isolation. Those who can defeat the beasts are called periods. Haru is an apprentice period who belongs to the Ark and Eighth Branch. However, after a mysterious theft incident, there is an economic collapse, and the Ark and headquarters abandons the Eighth Division, leaving only three periods left, including Haru. Haru and the other two periods start their work to rebuild the Eighth Division. Yeah, okay. Could be... Okay, hmm. The one, the one thing that worries me about what I'm seeing from the PV is A, the animation quality, and B, this seems like it's going to be very goofy, and... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems kind of generic to me, but I guess we'll see. Original sources of video games, that's not a... That's not yeah, it's a not a concept. great sign. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of video game adaptations, there's a Layton adaptation, uh, Layton Mystery Tantasha Katari no uh, Nazotoki File. I like playing the Layton games, but I'd, I'd, I can't imagine why to watch a show about Professor Layton. 50 episodes. Why? Why? It, it definitely seems like a, this definitely seems like a kid's show. Whew. Um, oh, hey, more, another, man, a lot, a lot of stuff from JC staff this season. Uh, Last Rage Conflated Y-Cross, which is definitely the, I think, most ridiculous Y-Cross title so far. Lost, it's Lost Storage con Conflated Cross. Okay, whatever. <laughs> My point still stands. Yeah, so more Y-Cross keeps happening. Yeah, well, I kind of like the previous season, so yeah, I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, it's kind of on my list of things to look at if I get exceptionally bored. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're, oh, there's so much more to get through. Wow. Come on, Spring, and... give me a break. Yeah, more Lupin. Yep, Lupin the Third Part Five. I kept forgetting to actually watch Part Four because uh, I'm a bad person. Yeah, I fi I finally I uh, they they were showing Part Four on uh, Adult Swim, and I finally caught up on it there. Oh, nice! And yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, I I do need to watch it. I'm just a lazy asshole. Um, ah, just lazy. Drop the other end of it. <laughs> 
Uh, next up is Maho Shoujo Ore. This story is about a 15-year-old girl who is a newbie idol in love with her best friend's brother, who is also a popular idol. But she runs into a scary Yakuza guy and finds out that her mother was an ex-magical girl and the Yakuza was her mascot. Her love interest gets kidnapped by demons that, uh, that look like burly men with cute squirrel heads. So already we've gotten completely ridiculous with this synopsis. Yep. Yes. So she contracts the Yakuza to become a magical girl, which in this story means she turns into a handsome guy in a magical girl outfit. On top of that, her love interest shows an attraction towards her magical guy form. Her best friend turns out to be in love with her and also becomes a magical cross-dressing guy to save her life. I'm so confused. <laughs> it's, uh, I saw the first two episodes. It's all over the place. Thus, their manager, because we need to introduce more characters in the synopsis, who is a magical girl geek, then decides to turn them into an idol unit. There are approximately seven story threads happening in this synopsis. It's all right. Wait until you catch the title of the one next to it. Uh, no, the, 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 the first two, the pacing of the first two episodes is pretty solid. Yeah, I definitely need to check this out it, to, just to see if it's as funny as it as it thinks it is. Uh, yeah, it gets uh, it gets kind of meta and uh, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Also, I am a little worried about too much like humor. That's just, oh, you're dressed like a guy, or like, oh, you're dressed like a girl. Yeah. So that uh, that worries me. The, the stereotypical, let's make fun of everybody. No, it's uh, yeah, I let's get... make fun of, let's punch down on crossdressers. Uh, well, I, this one looks like it's going to take off and make fun of everybody. Magical girls, crossdressers, blah 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 blah. Burly yeah. man, squirrels. Yeah, I, so the impression I got, it wasn't about making fun of crossdressing. It was, yeah, but, so, yeah, I'm oh, I, I'm hoping, and like, you said you watched the first two episodes and didn't get that impression? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on to another magical girl show, Maho Shoujo Site. Uh, Maho or Site. I, yeah, I don't know if, yeah, I wasn't sure if they were u- using that as a loan word, or, you know. Oh. Asagiri Aya is a young girl who has fallen victim to bullies at her school. Looking for a way to escape her troubles, she looks to the internet for distraction when a mysterious website called Magical Girl Site appears. Okay, I see now. Uh, simply viewing the page is all it takes to hurl Aya headlong into the deadly world of the Magical Girl Apocalypse. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> there, it's fight or die against a seemingly endless array of savagely adorable, frilly-skirted killing machines, each armed with magical powers and an unquenchable thirst for blood and chaos. What? Pass. <laughs> what? Yeah, this reminds it, this reminds me of Magical Girl Raising Project. Yeah, okay. yeah, it does. Which was okay. I I mostly enjoyed Magical Girl Raising Project, so I'm going to give this a try. Isn't it nice that we none of us have exactly the same taste? <laughs> this looks real dumb. But also, again, it could be a fun, extremely dumb show. So I guess we'll see if it's too edgelord for me to handle. Fun and dumb? The, Wait a minute, that, there sure that, are some facial expressions in this preview, though. That's for sure. Aaron, I think you'll be satisfied just from all the crazy eyes. There's a lot of that happening. A lot this of is definitely something chewing. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, this seems right up your alley. Uh, anyway, 
major second another yeah. baseball anime. Yes, it's it's the it's a sequel to Major, which uh, was a very long running, which was a very long running uh, baseball anime. Do we get the words "long running" in there? <laughs> oh, oh, dude! The original Major ran for six seasons. That's yeah. Uh, now for a sports anime, I might actually watch uh, both because the premise sounds very interesting to me, and also it's only thirteen episodes. Uh, Megalo Box. Um, celebration of made as a sort of a celebration of Ashtono Joe's 50th anniversary. Uh, JD, short for Junk Dog, participates in fixed boxing matches in an underground ring in order to live. Today he enters the ring again, but he encounters a certain person. JD wants to take on a challenge that risks everything, uh, which sounds kind of generic. But also, I I do want to note that in the preview int- image, Junk Dog has robot arms. Or I guess more like an exoskeleton than actual, like, arms replaced by robot arms. So, yeah. So, cyborg boxers? Okay, yeah. I'm game. Uh, 100%. I mean, I like real steel. Oh, wait a minute, this isn't Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Or maybe yeah, it these, is. These are, these are people with, with exoskeletons or like cyborg arms punching the crap out of each other. Have so fun. yeah, I will definitely check it out. Yeah, have fun. Um, next up is uh, Nil Adamari no Tenbin. Uh, the Taisho era didn't end in 15 years, but went on for another 25. In order to protect her waning family, a girl resolves to marry a man she doesn't even know the name of. However, just before the marriage was to take place, the girl's younger brother mysteriously committed suicide by self-immolation. Oh, fun. Uh, and was found holding an old book in his hands. Appearing before the bewildered young girl was the Imperial Library Intelligence Asset Management Bureau, more commonly referred to as Fukuro. According to these men, there exists Marimono, which are books that greatly affect its readers. On top of that, ever since the incident involving the girl's younger brother, she unwittingly gains the ability to see auras, the sentiments of the Marimono, which manifest as bright lights and are usually invisible to humans. It was as though fate were trying to drag the young girl into in its flames. And then, even though apprehensive, the girl chooses to venture outside her birdcage. Blah, 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 blah. Um... Uh, yeah, it's a, vi- it's a visual novel adaptation, and it looks like a shojo type thing. Yeah. So, like, I'm... what if Mushishi were books? Yeah, well, it's by them, <laughs> them floating people again, zero G. So, interesting. Whatever. Um, I'm gonna give it a try. I'll I'll watch the first episode at least. Um, but yeah, I'm always skeptical of these types of shows, but I'll give it one episode at least. Uh, okay, I think we can Oshir- probably just... Oshiri Tante, kids show. I think, yeah, we can just skip that. It's, yeah. Hey, look at um, what's there. Persona 5 The Animation! Uh, uh, yeah, I think we'll, at the very least, be watching the first couple episodes of this just to see if it's actually a decent adaptation of Persona 5. Okay. Yeah. Yes, well, this is how I'm going to be experiencing the Persona 5 story, because I never nice. played the game. That's fair. I mean, it'll be a lot shorter. That'll make two of us. Whole game, that's for sure. Uh, Piano no Mori. 
a tranquil tale about two boys from very different upbringings. On one hand, you have Kai, born as the son of a prostitute who's been playing the abandoned piano in the forest near his home ever since he was young. And on the other, you have Shuhei, practically breastfed by the piano as... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I read that. I as read the son that. of a family... <laughs> wait, 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 what? Yeah, go back Practically... Read that... Aaron, because that's how it's worded. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I, clearly I, a I metaphor. You have my attention. Or, or, yeah, practically has gone all the way the to piano. anthropomorphic pianos now. Yes, yes, it's it's a cute <laughs> piano girl. Never mind. There's a whole bunch of innuendo that could go on there, but we'll leave it at that. My my sister, the piano. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, practically breastfed by the piano as the son of a family of prestigious pianists, yet it is their common bond with the piano that eventually intertwines their paths in life. I have read the manga for this, and it was great. Really? Okay. I am looking forward to this. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. What I'm guessing, although... I'm it's not gonna sure be I'm another. Gonna... It's gonna be one of those, another one of those like Rakugo Shinju shows where it sounds incredibly dull, but it ends up being amazing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, it's a seinen. It's a seinen manga, but yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of classical piano in there. That uh, I, that also the dude's hair in the promo in the poster is just off the charts. Uh, that yeah. is some anime hair going on. Yeah. Yeah, in the original manga, the character designs were kind of were kind of dumb looking. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping the anime will be an improvement over them. Um, All right. Uh, but, yeah, the concern I have is uh, the concern I have is how many episodes is this uh, is this season going to be? Oh uh, yeah, because I'm get if if it's like if they're only doing twelve episodes, I'm guessing that would be enough to cover the first arc before the time skip. Uh, you know, but that's like only a quarter of the, that's only a quarter of the manga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, dogs. Anyway, uh, moving on to Roku Hodo Yotsuri Biori. Four men, Gure Sui Tokitaka, I'm just, just ignore them, the dogs yeah. aren't happening, hey, and Tsubaki. <laughs> Each help run a Japanese tea shop together called Roku Hodo. When one visits the shop, they are greatly greeted warmly, is served tea. Sweet grammar there. Oh, yeah. And are often helped with any problems they may have. This sounds like a healing show. And I am probably not going to bother. Yeah, same. I'm sure it'll be fine, but also not something to review. And a bit with the dogs is just practice for when you do live journalism. Just exactly blast on through, baby. <laughs> just ignore it. Yep. Uh, next up is Sarido Sumbito. Uh, sorry, Sumibito wa Ryu to Odoru. The story revolves around Jushiki, literally spell equations. The equations that govern the quantum constant H of action change the laws of physics at the local scale, give birth to TNT explosives and poison gas, and cause incredible physical phenomena such as plasma and nuclear fusion. Two Jush- uh, Chu Jushikishi spell equationists who use Jushiki in battle are Gaius, who deals with bad luck with tact, and the beautiful but cruel sword wielder Gigina. 
These two bounty hunters are caught up in a battle with dragons in the city of Eridana and in the intrigue of great nations. So, light novel, a fantasy light novel. Yeah, which, it, I mean, at least it isn't an isekai. Yeah. Thank God. It's something different. But also, you know, spell equations. So, uh, yeah. I like, dropped a bunch of proper nouns on me immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, which it's, means it's a must watch for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it sounds like it's one of those light novels where the author just, like, fell in love with his own lore. Yeah, it's like, I have an idea for a and d setting that I want to turn into an anime. Uh, so, like, Tolkien. Hey, now, D&D <laughs> was inspired by Tolkien. I'll have you know. I disagree. Um, how, how could you disagree when it's not chronological? <laughs> I, I see no proof of such a, uh, a statement. Um, yeah, I'd... It, it's it, it it could very I'm betting on it being generic as hell, but who knows? It could be fine. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Um, next up is Xianpin Jiating. A scientist couple has been arrested for conducting illegal studies, allegedly for performing genetic modification on five of their children. Gunga's children, Danis, is the only one who grew up as a normal human. Has become the only family member who has. To ask to tend the re- to the rest of the members and try to find a medicine to turn them into normal humans again. Dog, human, plant gene, spider web gene, as well as a mind reading. How will these family members who grew up in the laboratory survive in the real world? Uh, okay. so I'm going to be honest. Plant girl has it pretty easy. Uh, and as Scamp said, uh, spider girl is my waifu. I mean, yeah, clearly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the thing, to, the thing to watch out for is that this is a Chinese-Japanese co-production. Yeah, by the Big Firebird Cultural Media Company Limited. Boom, boom. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how yeah. this goes here. The The funny thing for me is like, oh, how will they survive in the real world? It's like, Plant Girl literally just has like a couple twigs sprouting out of her head. And otherwise looks perfectly fine. The telepath is literally just telepathic. There's nothing that looks weird about her. The dog's a little furry, and the spider girl's a little... Yeah, the two that have it worst are the spider girl and the dog girl, but even, like, with the spider girl look, you're gonna... you're gonna be fine. (laughs) I think. Um, I think our minds have become a little warped in time here. I mean, maybe... Yeah. But also again, I think I think plant girl and telepath have it easy. Yeah. And then the next thing is we have more cooking show. Unless unless she literally cannot turn off her mind reading, in which case I can see how that would suck. Yeah, especially if she's trying to sleep and all of a sudden somebody walks in front of the house with a illicit thought and she has to sit up in bed and go, No 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 no. Oh, are you yeah. kidding me? They're gonna milk that so much. I know. Yeah. I mean, this just seems like another one of those like Monster Girl series, except two of them are I feel are basically cheating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're not Monster Girl enough. And it's animated by a Chinese company. Yeah. yeah so it um, should be pretty interesting to see. It'd be interesting if they manage to keep do. their produ- production schedule on schedule. <laughs> 
next up, another JC Staff anime. Yeah, Shogugeki no Soma. Yeah, more, yeah, uh, the second part of Shogugeki no Soma's third season. Yeah, more, yep. co- more cooking, more food. At at this point, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yes, calories. I'm totally into it. I'm totally into it. Calories, right, calories, uh, calories. Speaking of things that uh, people who know people, see of anime for people who know what they're into, uh, Soten no Ken, Regenesis, a uh, new Hokuto no Ken show. Uh, it's a prequel this time. Yes, yeah, set in 1930 Shanghai instead of the Mad Max post-apocalypse. Uh, the catch is it's animated by Polygon Pictures, so it's going to yeah. be CG. Uh, let me see how decent this is. Actually, this maybe it's just the PV, but it doesn't look uh, okay. Hold on. Yeah, he spoke too soon. <laughs> okay, never mind. I was like, I was like. Too soon. It it tricked me. Yeah, you gotta get <laughs> past like, the oh, second. I was like, best. these shots don't look too bad, and then I get to the action scenes. I'm like, oh, yeah, never mind. Get past the second banner, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you know, the, the amount of machine gun bullets, blood, and screaming women. It's like, okay. Oh man, why did it have to be CG? Why did it have why? to be that much blood? I mean, look, if you're going to be watching Hokuto no Ken, you're going to be in for some blood. That's just well, the nature of the franchise. But you know, I watched Dragon Ball and there was never any blood. Well, yeah, Dragon Ball is in Hokuto no Ken. Okay, but yeah, never mind. I'm just going on the action end of it. <laughs> that's, that's like watching JoJo's and being like, why is this so homoerotic? Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, you guys need to finish up JoJo's one of these years before the movie, before the before the live action movie comes out. Oh, we did finish that. Yeah, did, I, I did actually we, finish. We, we did. We finished season four. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now we're just waiting on. Uh, I think a Steel Ball Run is next. No, next is Vento Oreo. Oh right, yeah, the one about Dio's grandson, I think. Uh. Yeah. Or is it Sun? I can't remember which. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's, it's JoJo. It's JoJo does the mafia movie. Yeah. Anyway, here's an interesting one: Steinsgate Zero, the dark untold story of Steinsgate that leads with the eccentric mad scientist Okabe struggling to recover from a failed attempt at rescuing Kurisu. He decides to give up and abandons his lively scientist alter ego in pursuit to forget the past. When all seems to be normal, he is seemingly pulled back into the past. Uh, by a meeting with an, uh, by meeting an acquaintance of Kurisu, who tells him they have begun testing a device that stores the memory of a human and creates a simulation of them with their characteristics and personalities. Okabe begins testing and finds out that the simulation of Kurisu has brought back anguish and some new unexpected tragedies. Zero is a side story that explores events from the Beta Attractor Field's future that contribute in making the end of the original story possible. Which, what? <laughs> okay, you remember way back way back when there was an episode 23B? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, uh, which, basically, that was the branching off point. So this is an alternate, uh, anyway, so this is an alternate timeline. Yeah, I gathered that much. Um... It was just the last sentence that got me that says it made the end of the original story possible, which is like, all right. 
I don't know what that means, but I suppose I'll find out. Um, I do like the updated character designs, uh, particularly Okabe in, like, actual formal, re- formal wear is slick as hell. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for more Steins Gate. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, oh, I'm, on, I'm on for it. Uh, this next one, Sword Art Online Alternative, Gun Gale Online. The story follows Karen uh, Kohiru uh, Baki, an eighty one a one eighty three centimeter tall college student that's six foot for the people who don't use centimeters, uh, who's insecure about her height and is bad at dealing with people in the real world. She enters the world of Gungale Online with her avatar, Ren, who is less than 150 centimeters, uh, five feet tall, and wears all pink. She meets a beautiful brown-skinned female character who goes by Pito Huey. They hit it off, but one day Pito Huey pressures her to participate in Squad Jam, a team battle royale variation of the Bullet Bullet of Bullets tournament. Isn't it? Is that is that really what's called bullet of bullets? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> oh god, damn it, sort of. It was it was stupid in the original, and it's still yeah. stupid. Yeah, I couldn't remember because it had been so long since we talked about Gun Gale. Yeah, well, at least uh, there's going to there's no Kirito in this one, so yeah, it doesn't have Kirito, yeah. so immediately that gains it points, but also it's still Sword Art Online. <laughs> well, so. Yeah. Also, uh, Pito Huey's co- like also the f- costumes of the female characters are not nearly as stupid as um, what's her name? Uh, Asuna. Uh, not no, Asuna. Asuna was Asuna's fine. was fine. Sinon. Like, Sinon. Sinon was the yeah, yeah, with like her weird like butt window or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll watch the first two episodes because, I mean, we always have fun, you know, dunking on Sword Art Online, uh, even if it's bad. But, yeah, I have... I The only hope I have for this is that it will be at least slightly better than the original Gun Gale arc, which honestly wouldn't be too hard. <clears throat> yep. Oh, God, almost done. We're so close. <laughs> Uh, Tadakun wa, uh, wa koi wo shinai, uh, Matsuyoshi Tada, a boy who has never known love, is taking pictures of the cherry blossoms in full bloom when he meets Teresa Wagner, a transfer student from Luxembourg. Upon, arri- <laughs> upon arriving in Japan, she got lost, separated from her travel companion. Mitsuyoshi helps her and brings her to his grandfather's coffee shop. <sighs> this seems like the anti me show, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> Anyway, I, I did like most of Violet Evergarden, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, let's see. Uh, next is a sequel to To Be Hero, which I only watched two episodes of and gave up on. Good sign. Hey, speaking of your favorite show, guess what's next? Uh, uh, Tokyo Ghoul RE. I'm good. We're done. Next. I... Uh, yeah, anyway, I've been reading the manga for this, and it's pretty good. Really? 
Yes. I, it's as good as Tokyo Ghoul can be. Okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take that as a... Uh, I'll take that. Wait a minute. This, this is about time for the dogs to start barking again. Yeah. <laughs> next, Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> and next is, wait, PA Works is doing Uma Musume? <laughs> Uma Musume, Pretty Derby. Uh, horse Girls? Okay. But oh, P- see, I thought I thought this would be like girls who are also horses. No, these yes, are... that's exactly what it is. Not girls endowed with excellent running capability. Oh wait, no, they are okay. Yeah, they are. I was they expecting are. slightly more horse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're they're still that's on two legs. The, the, well, that's because the uh, the way the shots are framed, the way the uh, the way the picture is framed, they look more girly. But yeah, uh, the the yo though, look, I I can tell you from personal experience, horse ears are not that tiny. No. Uh huh. Yeah. Those, ear, those ears have got to be bigger. But seriously, it's being done by PA Works. That just blows my mind. What? Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> I just love that they're like it's not centaurs. It's horse girls. Yeah. It's specifically like they're just girls, like cat girls would be. So they just have ears and tails. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Moving right along. I mean, I feel like we have to watch at least the first episode. <laughs> Probably. True. Right? Like, we've gotta. Oh, this looks so dumb. Um, finally, we're at the end. Wotaku Nikoi wa Muzukashi. The story centers on the awkward romantic comedy between Narumi, a female office worker who hides her Fujoshi lifestyle, and Hirotaka, a handsome and capable company man who is secretly a game otaku. I've read the manga. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah? Nothing stand out, but it's pretty good. All right. I'll check it out. Oh, man. So that's how many shows? That's a lot. That's so many. many. I've narrowed my list down to five already. Hero Academy, Caligula, Cutie Honey. Uh, Hero Academy, Uh, Persona. FLCL, uh, Full Metal Panic. Yeah, well, FLCL, uh, you don't have to worry about till June, so. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So, actually, Legacy Galactic Heroes, Golden Cowboy. Uh, there's there's a lot of shows that I just want to see, like, the first episode of. Yeah, Hinamatsu. There's not so a lot of shows that I'm just like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to watch this all the way through. Yeah, there's at least ten I'll be checking out the first episodes of. Actually, probably more than that. Probably around a dozen um, but who knows how many of those will actually go beyond two episodes. Huh. Let's see. Yeah, and uh, continuing stuff, um, the for the stuff we would actually talk about, it's pretty much just Cardcaptor Sakura, Clear Card, and Darling in the Franks. Uh-huh. Well, I'm still watching... Uh... I'm still watching. Uh, I'm still watching Grand Crest Senki and Beatless. Yeah, I'm and, a little behind. Oh, on not Naruto no Taitsai. I'm behind on that one. So oh, I, okay. I'm not caught up on that one yet. That that uh, one's going to be that one's going to probably be a good one to marathon um, the way the storyline runs. Anyway, I'm also a few. I'm a few episodes behind on Yo Mushi Pedal and Toji no Miko, but I'm planning to get caught up. 
Oh, uh, one thing I am definitely interested in uh, seeing, uh, one of the movies is Ninja Batman. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen the character designs from that, and it looks rad. <laughs> uh, also, something, also, I keep forgetting, we need to talk about this, but uh, the uh, second uh, Godzilla movie um is coming out in 47 days uh it's out on netflix already has been for a while so i should take a look at that uh, before the next time we record wait 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 vatican kiseki trokan is getting an ova for somehow why though why (laughs) so confused oh did you know that there's a hero academy um OVA out that uh, only concerns the one character, the uh, the sensei. It's uh, it's been out for a while. It's it's supposed to be seen between the two series. Let me see. Um, Hang on a second. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hang on a second. I am going faster than my fingers can, and I'm knocking things over in the process. Oh, yeah. Right, so podcast over, guys? No. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Uh, we still got... So, that took, oh, God, an hour, 17 minutes. Please murder me. Okay, uh, yeah. uh, Emily is here now. has been waiting for a while, so I'll let her know she can come in. That's enough. All right, Awesome. Hi, Emily. Hi. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now now that we've thoroughly uh, destroyed our minds by going through the season previews, let's talk to you about Card Captor. Yeah. Um. So we, we it was is episode eleven and twelve, right? Yeah, correct. Eleven and twelve. Yeah. So what was eleven about again? I just watched them, but it's been like a little bit since i watched them so it's like yeah uh, okay 11 was <laughs> 11 was the episode where the entire playground gets okay. turned upside down yeah and there's a news story about it and sakura feels bad it's pretty good um i i, I did i did like again like they met they keep making these like references to the first series because like as soon as i saw like sakura and the upside down penguin i'm like i i could swear that was like a title from like an, a season one episode or like a series one episode because it the exact same thing happens in like uh car Captain sakura the original and it they doesn't in this mm-hmm. episode doesn't one of the other characters that she knows actually literally like say to her like hey these cards seem pretty similar to cards you had before yeah and we were talking about that last episode of Bakacast. we were like saying that the cards are kind of just rehashes like maze and sleep i mean maze and sleep have been reincarnated as snooze and labyrinth it seems like and then they yeah tomio literally says that and then sakura's in class and they're talking about the english the the equal sign and she starts like relating cards to each other and a, a bunch of her cards are related to old cards and so at, at least they're like this, this is plot relevant and they're not just rehashing them for no reason i mean that's good i guess <laughs> you know yeah and then like shaoran is also this is something i forgot until i started skimming through the episode but shaoran has a secret conversation with um ariel what, yes uh, yeah 
where he's like, she has moon magic now, and I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, no, like, okay, they mentioned that Yuna D, whatever his name is. Kaito. Kaito, thank you. Yuna D Kaito, and he mentioned that he met him, and he senses magic from him, but Sakura doesn't seem to. And I think they mentioned that 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 he's powered by the moon, and that Sharon's also powered by the moon, and that's why he can he can understand he can like read his magic off of him. And then they also mentioned that there's like this there's like this um, magical uh, a clan in England that uses D to denote like high level sorcerers in there clan i'm so getting i'm getting i'm getting one piece vibes off of the d yeah i know i think we mentioned that last time like they inherited the will of d <laughs> but yeah um so that's 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 kind of the plot thickens a little bit there so like and and um and yeah so he's powered by the moon Sharon, i guess now and like i will talk a little bit about in, in the original series there's there's caro and there's uh um ua and Kerberos is like or cerberus rather is like the sun guardian and and ua is the moon guardian and the whole thing with that with like i think i, I might have mentioned this before but the reason that ua needs to be powered by toya is because the moon reflects energy rather than like uh creating its own and is the same and the sun creates its own so that's why kara wasn't in in danger of disappearing um and then Sakura's new power source when she become, makes the Sakura cards is the stars. It seems that the clear cards are powered by dreams and stuff. It's, it's kind of what they're saying. And Oh, okay. That's what it kind of seems like based off because like she got her, her, her key from the dreams and all the stuff's happening in dreams. And she goes, she says, she says key of dreams when she does it kind of thing. So it's making me think like the clear cards have to do with like that. Um, but I'm not sure. That's just like what I'm guessing and so like maybe that's why she can sense it and Sharon is now a moon based sorcerer I guess and it kind of like because what happens in something something happens in 12 that kind of alludes to the fact that he has a different power source than he used to because I don't think he was always a moon based guy um again I might be misunderstanding the episodes but yeah so like she goes to the park and the, the penguins flipped and uh, Tomio's not there, but Tomio gave Kara a costume to give to her, and I was was pretty funny. And like, um, I like the that like uh, he's got like a camera on his head. That was pretty funny too. Oh yeah, yeah. Caro that... just <laughs> wandering around with a GoPro stuck to his head, <laughs> and he's not very good at it. And Tomio gets like, it sounds like she's getting really angry, but no, she's just excited to teach him how to like be a proper cameraman, which I thought was pretty cute too. Um, so yeah, we get a little bit more of all that, and uh, and then the next episode opens up with Aki, Aki, Akiho, her friend, waking up and describing the same dream that Sakura has been describing, but from the other perspective. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I'm, but man, this show is taking its sweet time getting yeah. to the plot. Yeah, it's like yeah. episodes, like some anime series are twelve episodes, and this is like. And this is we want to know something, and finally the plot's starting to happen. Yeah, we're at the end of the first season, and we have just gotten like an interesting plot twist. <laughs> yeah, we're like, yeah, it's implying that Akihiro is the one in the robes, and yeah, so like not much. There's there's a ball tournament. There's a Sakura is really freaking cool, 
in like the basketball game like i'm like she's so cool the whole time um, i love how she's she's so athletic and she's she kicks butt at basketball and then we see um uh Shauron and akio have like a a tenant uh, a badminton match with each other and that was another thing i like was that yamazaki uh did a little anecdote about badminton where he didn't lie at all and that's very strange because he's always lying um yeah, and uh, and again, like more plot development stuff happens where she has that dream again, and she actually hears the other person talk. Like specifically, Akio mentioned that she was trying to get something from the person she was looking down on, and now we know that's the key, because like the key started floating away, and yeah, so it's pretty clear that Akio is the one in the in the robe. But then also, there's a robed figure watching her, so I'm wondering if that was like, uh, D there. And not her. I can't remember his full name. Unity. <laughs> Unity. Yeah. Unity Kaito. I wonder yeah, if he's the Unity. one that's Unity. Unity. Get it? <laughs> oh my god. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense for her to be watching Sakura. But like maybe he has the same kind of robes, and it's kind of going to be like a. But I, I think she's got something definitely to do with this. And that. And then the hail card comes during the sports ball tournament, and again, Sharon Sa- tries to use like his old magic, and it doesn't work. Like his fire kind of peters out, and then he says, "Yeah, he does something different, and he does this like way more epic fire spell." That's how they're able to beat Hale, and he seems like he's a little bit like distant after that. Like, yeah, so definitely like plot development things are happening where we're we're getting a little bit more insight than what's going on with Shauron. We're getting a little bit more insight what's going on with Yuna uh, D Kaito, who like in this in this episode even has a kind of this moment of like looking really menacing above uh akiho and then we have sakura having that dream and the, the revelation that akiho is having the same dream from the same perspective from a different perspective and yeah you mean with all the clocks yeah and like the, like she's associated with clocks and everything like clearly uh yeah and we got a little bit more of ariel talking his stuff and yeah like i don't know i thought these episodes were pretty good um they they move the story forward a bit, but again, it's kind of late. Uh, yeah, but I still enjoyed it. Like, I'm still enjoying the show. Like it's. Yeah, I, I wish this, these had come earlier. Yeah, definitely. This this could have been like episode five and six. You know. Yeah. Like. Hmm. You could yeah. have even had some of the other episodes as filler or something, but have some plot stuff happen. Like nothing's really happened so far, and finally it has. Yeah, but as a. As a fluffy slice of life show, it's it's working for me. Yeah, I like I'm, it. I'm enjoying it on that level. Yeah, but totally. As, but as a magical girl action show, it's just not there. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the the sick uh, dragon snake thing or whatever. Yeah, that, that thing is. is cool, and it goes to like eat Sakura in her dream. You're like, oh no, and you got to see what's happening there. She. I think maybe this will end with an epic dragon fight. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, it's yeah. fine though. Ak- Akiho definitely isn't magic. It's fine. Definitely not. And like I think Ariel mentioned that the reason they moved to his old house is because it's like if the area it's in is good for magic or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm still very curious to what's going on with Sharon and Ariel. And I, I don't want they're probably i mean i'm sure it's gonna be like 
framed in that he's just trying to help her and she doesn't mind at all because that's what happened with Ariel where like he was the bad guy but then he was just trying to help her so it's all fine like it's kind of the MO of CCS it's fine there's no conflict yeah exactly (laughs) and I'm wondering like I mentioned last time that the mirror card has this whole like plot line with Toya if the cards are getting like reincarnated into these new cards I wonder if they're going to come across Mir again and that's how they're going to discover it. But I'm probably giving the show too much credit because that'd be really interesting, right? If if Mir came back and but as a different card and she interacts with Toei or something and then Sakura realizes like, oh, these are the same cards that just being reincarnated or something like that. But yeah. We can hope. <laughs> I mean, we can hope that at least, like, second season it moves a little bit quicker than this. Um, we won't have another episode of this airing until April 8th. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, so we've got a bit to wait. Um, but yeah, I think... I don't... Man, I don't really have much more to say about these episodes other than, like, thank God we've got some plot happening now. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, like it's it's moving in a direction. Yeah. Um. So I can pretty safely give both of these fours. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I am becoming a little less lenient on the series, and I even though I'm impressed that they went forward a bit, I'm gonna give them fours too. I think. All right. Sounds good. Um, I'm trying to think of any anime next season that you might be interested in <laughs> well I'll, I'll, I'll have to listen and see <laughs> yeah, you'll have you'll have to listen in and find out what appeals to you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah let's uh it's de- it's definitely gonna be uh the sh- <laughs> i was gonna make a joke and say it's definitely gonna be the show about uh it's definitely gonna be Tokyo Ghoul. I mean, I've you I've wa- I've read Tokyo Ghoul. I haven't watched. Oh, really? Show. Yeah, I haven't. I've been watching you... the show, but I liked I liked the manga from. Okay, well, okay. So Tokyo Ghoul, I, I the first volume of the manga like kind of blew me away and how good it was for, as a horror story. Like it was a really solid horror story. It eventually just became another fighting anime, fighting story yeah. though. So I kind of stopped See, I reading I... it. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't super impressed by the start of Tokyo Ghoul. Like, I thought it was fine. Like, I liked it well enough. But by the end of the first season of the anime, I was kind of done with it. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. The first volume of the of the manga, like, I think, like, the first episode covers, like, the first volume of the manga. And I thought that was what I didn't I didn't like the anime very much. Like, I watched one episode and I'm like, I don't like this because it was going by, like, way too fast. When the best part, oh. of, the, the best part of the first volume of the manga is how slow of a buildup there is to, like him realizing he's a ghoul and all this stuff like the, there's scenes of like i was supposed to say it's really good it's really good horror because he's like what's happening to me like i can't eat anything and like he's freaking out and there's lots of tension like like it's it's really good and then um again it just kind of becomes another fighting anime which is fine but like yeah it's not really what i got hooked on the series for <laughs> we can talk about sword art online instead <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I think I've, I've watched one episode of Story Online. I was at a convention, and the the voice actor for the main character was there, and we got a we got a sneak preview at the dub of Sword Art Online. 
So so it's less that you watch Sword Art Online and more like Sword Art Online happened in your vicinity. Yeah, I mean, like I showed up to the to the panel, I could have not gone, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll check yeah. this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thank you, Emily, for joining us. Yeah, thank you um, for having me again. Yeah, and we'll see you in a couple weeks for sure. Now, do we have a list, or are you just gonna wing it, boss? I'm just going to wing it. Um, So let's go ahead and start off with Fate Extra Last Encore, Episode 7. So I noticed something, and then I went back and confirmed it. Yeah. Um, So this is his command seal now. The... the uh the scenes where he's with Alex or Alice yeah this is his command seal oh so he, he yeah so that's what i figured um yeah so that's sort of like when we started the second part of the Robin Hood arc where it was the same character but he had a different servant mhm um so yeah that's kind of what i assumed was that the the flashback sequences where she was talking about i believe it was a hakuno Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hakuno she's referring to is back when this dude was alive and not a dead face. Yeah. Uh, also, it's both of them are different from the seal that you have in the game. Oh yeah, the design is completely different. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then we didn't see the seal um, that uh, the Hakuno had that. Uh, was fighting with Castor in episode five, I think. Yeah. So that uh, makes me we... wonder if like the flashback we think is a fate extra flashback is actually fate extra. Yeah. And then we didn't see the seal on the female Hakuno from the first episode. So just interesting stuff. Yeah. Also, it's interesting because Nero apparently has maintained some of her memories from the other war. Yeah, because she talks about um, another person who got through without killing anybody. Yeah, and she says, no, that wasn't you. Yeah. Which could be referring to the female Hakuno, Mm -hmm. which would make sense because that's that's the PC we saw Nero with in the first episode, whereas the original version of Hakuno seemed to have uh, Tamamo instead. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's it's a lot interesting. of time shenanigans going on. Um, I really love the visuals in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, goes, it goes extremely Madoka Magica at certain points. Um, I was specifically thinking of the one scene where, uh, Alice, the servant, sort of, or actually I guess it would be the master, because she's the one with the command seals. Yeah, I noticed that, I noticed that Alice, there were some shots that showed Alice with a command seal. Yeah, so Alice, (laughs) Alice the master actually goes all body horror, and just kills everyone with weird tree limbs and spikes and it's extremely gory yeah and chain chomps 
Yeah, that the, sing. Yeah, and of and of course, like any any good dark Alice in Wonderland pair uh uh thing, they do the pocket full of posies rhyme, except weirder. And the text and the the bits of text that flash by were I. Yeah, that, that I, I was, like the graffiti that, that occasionally appears in the scenery. It's like, let's see, when she was good, she was very, very good. When she was bad, she was horrid. Yeah. Um, also, we've I, got Rin transforming into her, I assume, demi-servant? Yeah, um, Rin, Rin gets a great magical girl transformation sequence where she turns into Lancer. Uh, complete with gay bulg. So the question is like, because there are two servants that use gay bulg. One famously is Kukuklein. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying that properly. And the other one is uh, Skathak. I don't know if that's from Fate uh, Grand, Grand Order. Order. Yeah, but yeah, there are two different services. There are two different servants that use uh, gay bulg. I I'm guessing. The one she's channeling is uh, Ku Klein, but I could it's, be wrong. I think it's pronounced Ku Cullen. Ku Cullen, okay. I'd, Who knows? It, anyway, I have no idea how Gaelic works. <laughs> because that's her servant in uh, in the game. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I explained how I, I think I explained how Galen works. The Gaelic works. Yeah, uh, what you do, I whenever almost you, certainly when, forgot it. Whenever you see an H, just delete the previous letter. And then try and pronounce it. Okay. Um, anyway, so lots of stuff happens, and yeah. Do you like? I, did you like Rin's head tilt in this episode? <laughs> yes. As well as uh, Nero's panties that randomly change positions. Yeah, that one was weird to me. Like we get a scene where they're all standing around before they get attacked, I believe, and. Uh, they have a shot of Nero's butt window, and, like, thing is, it's not really panties, because, like, we see when she's in, when she's being healed, um, during, during the first episode of the Robin Hood arc, uh, it's like a sort of weird one piece that she's got going on. Um, but yeah, like, the, the bottom of the one piece, like, is as it normally is. And then they do a close-up, like, just on the butt window, and it's, like, hanging down. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah, I don't... I... Nero, man. I don't I don't get it. Shaft, what are you doing? Do not um, question the Emperor. I do notice that in that same scene, they're surrounded by a bunch of mushrooms, which I'm not sure if Shaft is trying to be cheeky there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yeah i like this episode a whole lot um it had a lot of great visuals uh and i really liked the way they quote unquote defeated the the servant uh i didn't quite get that uh, so, Gaybolg's power, um, if I'm remembering correctly, is to, basically, it, it strikes at the heart, 
um, for an instant kill. Like, if okay. it connects, you are dead, and you I, cannot avoid it. I did remember that. So, basically, the way that the... Um, the way the that nursery rhyme works is it's able to cheat death by reversing time. Uh, but if you strike it with Gay Bolg, Gay Bolg's power goes into effect saying, no, you cannot cheat death. Uh, which Rin explains in sort of a weird way of saying, oh, causality is locked or something like that. But ultimately, the same rule applies. It's just that Gabolg is able to say, like, no, you can't do that now because Gabolg states you have to die. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's how it's working. Aaron, do you want to correct me, or do I pretty much got it? So effectively, uh, Gabolg, once it's used and you're inside the range, you die. And then the, uh, the spear moves. So... It can't reverse time because Gabolk has already stated that you're dead. Yeah. Okay, okay that's... that makes sense now. Yeah, okay, that's, that's so I did get it right, basically. That's good to know. I just thought it had to hit you. It just had, You just have to be in its range. Yeah, yeah, if you're within its range and it's fully activated, you die. Uh, the only prevention is, I believe, a high luck stat. Yeah, I think, because uh, that's how Saber survived, isn't it? Yeah, and even then, she was heavily injured, and it took a while to heal. But it wasn't an instant kill. Yeah, it, it just it just seems weird, because the way Rin said it is, like, causality is now sewn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, do, I do like the scene where um, it looks like she's about to counterattack, but then she sees Hakuno uh, or I guess Deadface at this point, uh, holding the book that Haku- that actual Hakuno read to her back when uh, he wasn't dead, and like that, that just stops her from doing anything and lets Saber get the final blow in. Um, yeah, I I I thought it was a really good episode. And I can't say enough good things about Fate Extra. <laughs> uh, anyway, this episode was... I enjoyed it, but it was confusing in spots. I'm gonna give it a four. I mean, Fate. Uh, I actually feel that in terms of like how Fate typically works, it was a lot more straightforward. <laughs> so I'm actually gonna give it a five. Because um, oftentimes the things that confuse me about Fate are like weird magic rules and bullshit like that whereas this was more about causality and you know different timelines and things of that nature which i have uh a lot more intuitive um intuitive grasping of so what about you aaron I I like it. I really like it. It's real good. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what f- servant they face next. Uh, what was the next one in the game? Because uh... they've basically been going in the same order as the game, if I remember correctly. It's just the encounters are f- vastly different. Um... 
Oh, I can't remember. It's been way too long since I played it. Let me just check for Fate Extra Boss Order. <laughs> well, that's, uh, let's see. What's the third selection? What's the fourth selection? Oh gosh, what is this? This is not helpful. Oh, that's a weird clown thing. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, apparently... Oh, it's uh, Lancer. I guess. Yeah, next one is Lancer. Which is going to be odd because that's Ren Servant. Yeah, is it... Is it uh... Uh, I thought... yeah, that's that's right. Oh, it, yeah. actually, it might not be. It might be the other Lancer. Yeah, I... it's, it's it's the other Lancer, I believe. I already saw the next episode. And oh, yeah. you did? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's real good. Give it a five. All right. Uh. Next up is, uh, well, uh, I don't know. We'll do A Place Further in the Universe. Might as well. Yay! Uh, this is episodes 12 and 13, the finale of the show. Yep. Um, I was actually, uh, I actually forgot that it was only 13 episodes, because it felt like they had just arrived in Antarctica. Uh, and I think they even make the same point. <laughs> They arrived in episode 9. Yeah. Yeah, so really we only got uh, about uh, 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, just 5 episodes with them in Antarctica. Oh, I have a feeling they're going back. They want. It would be nice to get a second season of this. They, they want to spend the winter. Eh, I don't know if they really need it. I think... Uh... I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be might nice to it might not be nice to, you know, uh, see these characters again. But uh, uh, I think uh, it pretty much, you know, completed the completed their stories. Well, that's not true because at the end, end there's a new story that started because somebody ended up in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was both weird and kind of cool because um, of the foreshadowing beforehand. Because one of the things that uh, Himari states is that, you know, she doesn't get back to me real fast, but she does eventually. Like, that would be consistent with her being in the Arctic because you don't get constant signal. And uh, when she sh her friend is shown uh, in a room where she's laying down, it is quite clearly not her room yep. by not being like girly I guess and it looking much different than a normal room in a house oh yeah that's a good point I didn't think of that before so yeah the uh, the joint camp out let's you know let's go both places this time <laughs> yeah but okay getting to the episode getting to the episodes here. yeah yeah party pooper <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, 
Yeah, ep- the end of episode 12 made me cry. Episode 12 was was pretty solid. Like, uh, I thought it was very clever, the thing they did with the emails. Yeah. I was... Yeah, you know, I mean, but, you know, basically, you know, when, yeah, yeah, when they, uh, when, you know, Shirase gets a hold of her mother's laptop and, you know, and sees, you know, all of, her, you know, all the emails she you know, sent her mom. Oh, yeah, all the emails that she sent that, you know, <laughs> that her mom never got to read. Yeah, the the only thing I think I'd change about that segment is I wouldn't have cut to the other girls outside crying because I felt that was kind of like gilding the lily there a little too much. Um, I would have just left it at you know her in the room, but yeah, it was it was a really good scene and um, a really clever way of depicting that. Right. So yeah. Uh, and as far as episode thirteen goes, uh, I really liked her interacting with penguins. <laughs> they stink, but I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Come help me! No, I gotta stay five meters away. This show explored a whole depth of a lot of things. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Episode 13, there was also, yeah, interesting thing with the emails there. Uh, Because it had, you know, because it had, uh, let's see, uh, Gin, you know, sending, uh, you know, sending uh, uh, Shirase's mother's last email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that was in the outbox but never actually got sent. Yeah, right when, uh, yeah, right when, yeah, right when Shirase is, uh, you know, seeing the, uh, seeing the aurora. Yeah. Also, like, I, I really like the, um, them like trying to get it on video and being like, it's fine. We don't, we don't need to videotape everything. Well, it's something like that a, a lens can't capture. Not the type of lens they were using. Mm-hmm. I think we know. Yeah. I think we know what uh, Shirasi's mom went back after, and it was the laptop. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's what she went back after, and 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 didn't get there. And I, I, I'm really, I'm really all right with the you know, didn't find a body, which is that works for me. That, uh, and it yeah, you know, I, I think it's better that way. Yeah, yeah, and finding the body really wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying, you know, staggering around, I mean, if she'd have made it back to the hut but didn't get quite to the computer, they could have been running through that underground and bumped into a body with a radio still in its hand. That would have been annoying. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that would be a bit too much for this show, I think. Yeah. 
So I, I was yeah. I was all I was all good and happy with all that. There was uh But yeah, yeah I, I, I liked how they ended this series, um, and I just really liked it in general. Uh, it was a very cheerful series that also knew how to um, go into the melodrama without feeling or without feeling artificial um, or overwrought. And the yeah. and when they're leaving, the one member saying, "Can you take this back to my boyfriend?" The big "I love you" sweater. Oh yeah. And also, I like. Also, I like the. Uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Signing the, signing the CD. Yeah. She goes. Gee, I might be popular after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the show had a really solid cast of characters. Um, and it's a shame to see it go, but hopefully, uh, it'll get another season. It would be nice. also I can also I can understand if they don't do a sequel. I don't think they need another season. I think uh, I think this show is just fine, just fine uh, the way it is. It's like it was, you know, it was, you know, self-contained. It, you know, it told the story at the right length, with the right pacing. Yeah. And ended at the right spot. I I am going to give these episodes fives, and I'm going to give the series as a whole a five. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's easily up. it's easily anime of the season. I'm definitely on board with that. Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Uh, I I kind of disagree, especially like I caught up. Uh, the last four episodes because I didn't watch the other ones previously and they did nothing for me oh yeah and overall the show it was okay but for me it, it there was no part of it that really stood out as being this is incredible hmm okay that's interesting because uh, I, th- I think it's one of the best things Madhouse has done that isn't like uh, you know whatever they did when working with uh, uh, gosh, what's his name? Why well, can't I remember his name? Uh, uh, did Paprika Paranoia Agent? Uh, Satoshi Kone. Satoshi Kone. God, yeah. Why did I forget his name? Yeah, it's one of the best things they've done. That's not them working with Satoshi Kone. Mm. <laughs> uh, yo, Hunter Hunter, people. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> hear me out. This is 13 episodes. Yeah. Hunter Hunter, Hunter, Hunter is a lot. Hunter Hunter is 148 episodes. I will, I will grant and, that. And I would argue that some of those Hunter Hunter episodes don't need to be there. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so. yeah it's, a, it's, a shame, it's a shame it didn't work for you. But also, I can kind of see how this wouldn't necessarily land for everybody. Yeah. Uh, also, so I'll give the last four episodes a three, I think. And overall, the series gets a zero um, because it didn't end with them in a cave deciding who to eat. <laughs> Which is the only thing I wanted from the show from the beginning. So it gets a zero. Failed to deliver on it. Yeah. Um, you know, with that, I think it's time to move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
you know, might as well move on to uh, me being a Debbie Downer. Um, let's talk about Violet Evergarden episodes 10 through 12. Episodes, I would argue, probably shouldn't have existed. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. It happens. Things like that do happen, though. So, I mean, it's not like it's something yeah, something completely... You can be wrong. <laughs> we can all be wrong about some things. Uh, yeah, 11 and 12 weren't all that great for me, but 10 was... 10 hurt. Yeah. Yeah, 10, 10 really got to me. That... That was another one that made me cry. Yeah. Ten, ten times yeah. like, Even though I knew exactly what was going to happen at the beginning, yeah. the I wasn't expecting the yeah for the next fifty years. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, that was one that um, like I agree that surprised me too. I knew where it was going. God, it just didn't know the extent of it. Uh, but for me, the melodrama just didn't work this time. And in fact, I felt kind of exhausted by it by the end um out of curiosity did you watch uh arctic before or after violet i watched arctic before after okay um i watched uh yeah because i i remember like during that sequence i i think it's just because and like if you actually timed it out you, you could probably prove me empirically wrong but uh, part of my issue was that it felt like for two-thirds of that episode, there was at least one person either crying or on the verge of crying on the screen at all times. <laughs> and there just wasn't enough variation in mood for me. Um, it, it felt like a I was doing like a marathon run of melodrama and I was just worn out by the end where it's like, I just want this to be over. I do um, think that they could have shown more of Violet playing with the kid. Yeah, I, I think if they had expanded on, if they had given more time with Violet interacting with the child and the child like, you know, getting to have like fun and funny moments which really only happens once or twice. Um, the one I can distinctly remember is when she is initially bugging uh, Violet to do things with her, which I thought was like basically the only endearing thing she ever did during that episode. Uh, but that definitely would have helped not only bring more emotional texture to the episode, but also make me care about the girl whereas like i didn't i didn't really care about her until like the very end um i, all... I did like violet's uh, once again deadpan hey what happens to the tea that you drink he's like well it gets expelled from my body and returns to the earth yeah i yeah i still <laughs> like violet a lot like um, well yes violet but yeah. Uh, well, the last thing I'll say about this episode is another, one of the other reasons why it didn't work for me is that because Violet kind of doesn't have any more character growth to do, at least in terms of this sort of episode, um, it's even more heavily reliant on the side characters. And so not giving them 
nearly as much development as other the others that have come before, I feel very much hinders it. But yeah, that's all I have to say because I don't. I want to start being the downer, and then y'all can talk up what you like uh, about it. Yeah, episode ten, it really got to me. Uh, I mean, yeah, I thought for most of the episode, yeah, the kid was kind of annoying. But then, I mean, I mean, you can and you can see where she was coming from, you know. Although, you know, so so it wasn't like, you know, so I could I could respect it. But then the end of the episode, yeah, the the end of the episode, it just it got that got to me. I and it made it made me cry. So I'm gonna give episode ten a five. Mm-hmm. Now, episodes 11 and 12, however... Uh, I'm gonna give episode 10 a 2. <laughs> okay. Um, what about you, Larry? I'm gonna give them all 5s. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll talk about episodes 11 and 12. Um, I, I think of these three, 11 was the one I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. Um simply because there was some really good stuff with Violet and it kind of did a nice thing of coming full circle with her experience in the military where instead of being someone who is in the military killing people, her role this time going back to the military is to uh, help sort of bring people together for the last time in a way. Um, It's just kind of a nice capstone on that character arc uh, part of her. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, because I, I have a feeling y'all are going to say that at least, well, I have a feeling Aaron's going to say that it's it wasn't super interesting. <laughs> it was okay. It, just, it didn't have the same impact that Ten had. Yeah, I, uh, I, can, I don't think I you can could definitely agree with that. I don't think you could string two episodes together that had the impact of ten. I think you would leave the audience completely and totally emotionally drained. Uh, yeah, I watched episodes ten and eleven a week apart, so uh, which was a good thing because uh, you know episode ten, you know, was a gut punch, and episode eleven, although not quite to the same degree, episode eleven still got to me. Uh, I think I liked Eleven more because it was a little more subdued, at least up until the very end where it went into the sort of typical uh, style. Right. Well, the thing about... Okay, so the thing about Violet's character development. So, in, you know... So, episode 10 is where we see... Episode 10 is where we see, you know, Violet... Uh, you know, Violet actually crying for somebody else. Who is, you know... Yeah. You know, and, and, and showing, and showing, like, you know, and showing, like, the full growth of her empathy. Uh, so... You know, that was another that was another thing in in episode ten's favor. I just noticed something in twelve. Uh, at the end, where the guy has the grenade launcher and he's about to shoot, 
uh, Violet's in front of the other guy, and he pushes her behind him and then shoots. Uh, yeah, and then she steps out, steps back out again. Yeah, 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 to block, to somehow block the grenade. She deflected it with a metal arm. Yeah, okay. Don't think about it too much. Uh, that That's another thing, like, especially with the military sequences, um, you can't think about it too much. Nope. Um, because they're super shallow, um, and, like, the only, the only development the other side is given is, oh, they're, look at these evil people being evil. Yeah, they want war, how bad of them. It's like, okay, but why? They just do! Yeah, well, but... Alright? <laughs> it's like the general, Brigadier General said, he says, you know, guys, took thing, we were gonna be heroes, we were gonna be this, and then we got home, we got treated like, well, hey, welcome to Vietnam, folks. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I understand part of it, but there's also a part of it that is like it's exceptionally over melodramatically blown. Uh, well, also, I'm curious as to why the uh, they they get um, what's her face with the giant tits as the doll to go, but they also get that one post master kid the delivery kid and i'm not sure what his point is bodyguard i think he's just a he's just a minion to uh catlea you think that they like the guy that used to be in the military has like a connection to someone that used to be in the military to guard her no he's he's not a body he's not a bodyguard he's just a flunky well well yeah i know but it's just it's what i'm saying is is yeah, the brother brings that up. He says, so where's your boss, that lazy blah, 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 blah. Why didn't he come? And, you know, and the question was never answered because she was going to haul off and deck him and then something happened. But, uh, yeah, Gilbert's brother is, it looks like about his 180-degree uh, opposite. And it's initially threw Violet for a loop, but I think she recovered nicely uh, about it. Yeah, I thought I thought the best parts of episode twelve was showing the it was the interaction between uh, uh, I guess a detard, yeah, uh, and uh, Violet, you know, you know, showing like, you know, showing his like the roots of his hostility to Violet are very believable. And I thought that was very well done. Oh yeah, he yeah he, he, like he said um, basically he blamed her for his brother's death. Uh, yeah, yeah, which like that has a tendency yeah. to aggravate the hell out of anybody. It's like yeah, of, of course, like oldest motivation in the book, and I I just don't care. Like I don't care about Detard at all. Zero. Like there are very few people I care about less than this guy. Uh. So I mean, my we've main... only seen him in like what four scenes? Yeah, so it's like okay, and which kind of goes <laughs> back to what I mentioned at the start of these reviews is like I don't feel like these episodes actually add anything, and they're kind of actively making me enjoy the show less from their existence. And I kind of just wish it had stopped at nine, like that was the perfect place to just stop it there. Yeah, um, I'm real curious why this didn't get put like earlier well it's and then have it end end at nine 
because it just uh, war the faction decided to do whatever it wanted to do in the time sequence uh, it did. Yeah, actually, I mean, the only way I can understand it is if the result of these actions are that they go back to war. Well, you have to wait until next week to find out. Yeah, I no, I think, yeah, I think, uh, right. Although you know, episode twelve ends on an incomplete, you know, ends kind of on a you know, incomplete note there. Uh, yeah, on a cliffhanger. Yeah, but I think the whole point of this is to basically get the whole point of this is to you know have you know you know Violet really engage with her you know her past as a soldier. That's the weird thing, though, is I feel like she already did that. Um, like, I kind of felt like that's what Episode 9 were about, and that, like, we closed that off. Um, and so having this happen again just feels, like, weird and a little lazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll see how it ends to see if, you know, it, it ends up being worth it, but... Like, I don't. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, like these episodes were okay, but I, I don't think they add anything by coming after the episode nine. And I kind of feel like, in, in my opinion, I think they actually actively make the show as a whole worse. Eh. Uh, I'll, I'll give episode ten a five and eleven and twelve a two. I think. Yeah. If. If I were to reorder this, I would just delete 11 and 12 and whatever comes after 12, like whatever 13 is going to be from existence, and put 10 somewhere before like 8. Mm hmm. Uh. And then that way, and that, that way you get, like, even though I didn't like 10, um, I imagine it worked enough for, for people. Uh, Fabulous Blue also liked it. Uh, so, you know, get that in there because it's, it's a decent standalone episode and works well near the end of her arc. And then that way you get to end on episode nine. Yeah. I, anyway, I disagree. I am going to give episode 11 a five and episode 12 a four. Uh, I'm going to give episodes 11 and 12 both threes, I think. And I still that. want to reveal that she's a robot. <laughs> and, it's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I want from this show. It's not happening. Uh, all right, let's talk about the finale of Oh God, what is it? Okay. Ancient Magus's Bride. Okay, so this is interesting. The uh, previous episode, uh, episode twenty-three ended precisely where the current chapter of the manga ended. Like, frame to frame ended. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next chapter, the manga itself is monthly. Okay. So, I'm curious to see, and there hasn't been anything stated that the manga is ending. So, do you think, like, episode 24 is what the manga will end up being? And then continuing on from there. Yeah, because, you know, 
episode 24, you know, it doesn't feel like a final finale. It feels like the end of an arc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm betting that that's what they're going to do in the manga. That said, I didn't like this episode. I don't no. like what they did. It, it was a lot of focus on Cartophilus, and they really wanted to make you feel bad for him. But like, no, dude, I super don't. <laughs> Sorry, not happening in this lifetime or any other. I do not feel bad for him at all. He is an absolute monster. I also don't understand how she lived. Like, there's a giant asshole in the center of her. Because she... And then she's just like, well, I'm all healed later. No, she... It's, it's fine. She, it's magic. No, she kept, her, she kept his eye. Even though it transformed color to her eyes, she kept his eyes so she can't die. Oh, is, is that what happened? That's what I understood. I don't think that... When she, I thought it was just that his curse and the curse of the dragon basically canceled each other out, so she'd live a normal life. Uh, yeah, that is yeah, that, that, that is how it that is how it turned out. But right, so the question the question is, it wasn't like yeah, so like yes, having the two curses cancel each other out, you know, you know was, you know, the whole, or except, you know what what. Joseph wanted was he wanted to take her curse you know he wanted to take the drag take the whole dragon curse onto himself yeah the, he wanted to switch the curses yeah which would help both of them yeah he wanted yeah, to blame them yeah except yeah he wanted to do that and and if he hadn't been such a douche about it it he probably could have he probably could have gotten away with it but the problem was, he was a complete douche about it. Yeah, Cartophilus is going to be the worst person in the universe at all times. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, it was because, you know, you know, Chisang Company did not trust him for very good reason. Yeah. Uh, so therefore... They weren't going to let him just do what he wanted, even if the effect of it probably would have been uh, would have been fine. The other, I mean, also, you know, also the question, you know, okay, switching the curse is all well and good, but on what terms does that happen? Yeah, and like, I, 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 I liked how the it ended up being resolved. I just didn't like how much of an I didn't like how they seem to be trying to make me sympathetic toward Cardophilus. It just completely fell flat for me. Yeah, I... I bought also, it. Also, Ash and, and I comes back as the ruling villain. Yeah, Ash and I... no real he reason. He is completely irredeemable. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand his purpose in this episode. Uh... Well, he was just, uh, well, he was just, uh, like, backing, he was backing Joseph's, uh, Joseph's play just for, just to, just for giggles, because... Yeah, but he, he didn't add anything. Yeah, because he doesn't, he doesn't really care. Also, he dies for no apparent reason, and then comes back later, because you can't kill Ash and I. 
he's the big bad. Although I really did like um, Elias's transformation when he fusioned with the uh, the heart, the uh, the fairy thing. I can't remember what she oh, is. Yeah. I also really like that uh, forest queen. Or is that who it is showing up? Uh, Titania. Yeah. I really liked her showing up as well um, in, I believe, episode 23. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And then we get to the part where Dustin's going to bitch about the entire time, which is the ending of episode 24, where she has on a dress and veil and gives him a ring. Yeah, this was, this was Am weird. Am I right, Dustin? I mean, it's I'm not going to like complain about it too much. It's just weird, because I'm not sure that they've earned this just yet it feels super abrupt yeah yeah that was that was the, my problem with episode 24 was i think they rushed through a whole bunch of stuff that they needed to take more time with yeah especially they, since oh sorry go ahead my which they which they didn't have they didn't have the time they didn't have the time to to do that i mean i think they needed at least another episode for Chisei and Elias to work through their very real disagreement. I, I feel like they should have ended, like, spaced it out a bit better and then ended where they ended on episode 23 and then done an OVA. I could see that. Um, it, it also just feels especially weird for, like, this quote-unquote, like, sort of symbolic wedding scene to be happening like literally right after they uh had a horrend like there was a horrendous breach of trust yeah i'm at it like, i'm at it oh, sure, hey. let's get married anyway <laughs> like 24 hours ago you tried to murder my friend <laughs> because you were jealous but it's okay i'll i'll marry you i guess it, yeah, yeah i yeah. did not buy that one it's it's yeah. it's friggin' weird that it's happening this soon yeah, it felt like they just put it in there to give us a happy ending. Yeah, which, like, I I think the way that that initially started resolving earlier in the episode where they're, like, talking um, on the bed and, you know, they're having sort of that um, argument with each other, but it isn't, like, a super like drag knock down drag our argument it's just like hey i thought we said that we were gonna discuss things with each other um that felt like a more natural place to end it where you know they they still like each other but they've got work to do yeah i think there was some connective tissue missing there i think like i said they they needed another episode to to really you know, to, to resolve that in a more natural way. Yeah, I, I could see this scene, the ending of episode 24, I can see that happening a lot more naturally, like, midway through the next season. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so that like makes I'm more curious sense to as, to, as to what they're going to do in the next uh, manga chapter. Well, when you yeah, read it, you'll I'm... let us know about it, right? Right. <laughs> I do. It's also really weird for me that they just like stuck Joseph in a well. Well, where are yeah, you sure, why stick not? him? I mean, where, where else can where like, else can you put the evil incarnate? You know, put him in a well. 
All's well that ends well. Maybe uh, Elias watched it, it rains. Maybe Elias watched Eccentric Family and it was like, well that'll work. Yeah. Works for me. He'll just he'll just turn into a frog and then everyone will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> that I like. Uh, okay, and did, are we getting ridiculous yet? No, but we're sure working towards it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah episode twenty-three was was fine. I'll give that a four. Episode twenty-four, I'll give a three. I can agree with those. I like a pair. I, I think, think the with... series as a whole, the series as a whole was still great. I'm going to give it a five, although kind of a low five. I'll go with a four for the series. Like I, I liked it a lot, um, but also I have a lot of niggling issues with it. Nothing super major, but yeah. Well, I, I four for the episodes and fours for the series. Yeah, I'll give episode twenty-four a three, and I didn't watch enough of the series to make a judgment on it. So gotcha. Alright, uh, next up is, yeah, why not, let's talk about Kokoku, episodes 11 and 12. Jesus, we're at 2 hours, 23 minutes. Yeah, I know, look, I know. I'm gonna kill my, gonna kill my Thankfully, well, those are all the shows I've watched, so I am out. Alright, oh, see ya. See you later, Mr. Aaron, thank you for stopping uh, by. A Kokoku sure ended weirdly. Yeah. Oh, was it over? Yeah, that uh, was that was like like okay, yeah. Like I was okay. actually super into episode twelve, like way more than I had ever been into an episode of this show since like the first two, and then it just had a really friggin' bizarre Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, hmm. it almost but did not quite work. Yeah. Like, there, there were things I liked about episode 11, uh, the whole, like, listening to his story and then going, nope, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I appreciate that. Was, that. that was cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, you're right. And the bit where he turned into, like, a cocoon with, like, like with threads hanging out, that, that sort of made an, in, that made an interesting, uh, yeah, that made for an interesting challenge. Uh, yeah. But of course, jury just like, <laughs> jury just, jury just like, okay, you know, we're gonna solve this. Yeah, there there was a lot of stuff I liked about episode eleven, um, and the status quo leading into episode twelve was really interesting with them like taking care of the baby version of the villain, um, long enough for him to safely be. Uh, knocked out of the stasis without like actually injuring him was yeah. really neat uh, and I liked the main character's slow kind of degradation into like insanity by being completely alone in a stasis world for so long um, but yeah like then it it just ends with her almost becoming a uh, it ends with her starting to become a guardian, and then suddenly, like, 
she taps on just this random person's head and brings her into the stasis world and she's like oh yeah i i made i made the stone i can control stasis however i want i'll do some exposition and send you back it's like what 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 okay what made it kind of work is is that at this point <clears throat> yeah what made it kind of work is that at this point at this point like okay yeah jury had was like going insane and the thing is is that what she responded to is she she responded to the uh, the specter inside her body like or inside the, uh, the the other person, the other person's body is that because she could sense, she could sense the specter, so that's why she was drawn to her. So it wasn't like completely random. Now the 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 sort of random element was the fact that this this person was in the same town, you know, at that yeah. time. Also, it just felt like it kind of just happened to her. Like, there was no... It's like it's not like she was seeking it out. It's not like any of them knew about this. Just like, oh yeah, by the way, I exist. She's like, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> um, if, if there was any indication that this sort of thing... Like, if the creator like still existed, if there was... Um, if they had discussed, like, maybe seeking her out, if, if that was a thing, then I'd be more okay with just essentially God showing up to save her, uh, but it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, well, actually, it turns out that lady was sort of in the background in episode one. That doesn't count. Yeah, I know. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it the problem was is like episode one was so long ago. It's like you ever you like everybody completely forgot. Like and it's like wait, oh that was her again. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't like I said it almost but not quite work. Okay, now one way you could sort of almost kind of rationalize it was the fact that the fact that the reason why she was in this town in the first place was that she was aware that the Yukawa family was there. Because you know you know, because she knew she knew that the Yukawa family was in you know, was in charge of the stone. And so she was sort of in that town to, you know, to, you know, keep an eye on it or check up on it. I was going to say, she was in town to get stoned? Sure. <laughs> uh, <sighs> sorry. But I... yeah, so, but, but those are kind of just like rationalizations. They don't really, they don't really flow organically and they don't give jury enough agency. Yeah. Um... So that's why I said that the bit at the very end almost but does not quite work. Uh, but, like, the rest of the episode was really good. Yeah. Uh, again, like, episodes 11 and 12, 
I think are the best the show has been since it started. Um, so I, I was really excited to see how it would end. And even though I appreciate that it was a happy ending, um, just the way it ends up solving the problem of her being stuck in stasis was like super weird and kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, what uh, I but yeah, yeah what, I, I I liked her living in the stasis world though. Like that was a extremely good sequence, probably the best writing the show has had. Yeah, what I was hoping for was that you know, like all that time living in stasis would have given her like, you know, would have given her the ability, you know, to control her specter. Yeah. And thus and thus, you know, find her own way out. Yeah, or, like, maybe she decides to just, like, keep the baby with her, and, you know, when he gets older, he ends up figuring it out. But, yeah, there are a few ways you can do it. Yeah, and so, and, yeah, and which is a shame, because the one of the, like, the great through-line of this whole show was Jury's development from, like, you know, just, like, this, you know, ordinary woman into, like, a fierce leader and fighter. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and she just doesn't get to save herself, which is, yeah. Like, she, she essentially ends on a note of failure. Like, if it wasn't for the lady, she would have turned into a guardian and been stuck there. Yeah. Basically. So, yeah, it's... It, I, I feel it, it super... Uh, kind of betrays her arc, unfortunately. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'll, I'll give episodes. I actually give episode eleven a five and episode twelve a four. Yep, same here. Uh, series as a whole, man. Uh, Ooh, this is this is a tough one to rate. I think I'm gonna give it a four. Hmm. I'm really waffling between a three and a four. Um. I'll probably give it a four because I ended up not feeling like I wasted my time. Um, I feel it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting enough show that it's probably worth watching. Just that, you know, be warned that it is certainly it is certainly flawed, uh, but is fascinating and, and unlike a lot of other shows out there. Flawed. Kind of the same rating I would give Kasher and Sins today, I think. Uh, flawed or just ma- massively flawed or just flawed? I'd say just flawed. I wouldn't say massively flawed. Okay. Uh, if, it was, if that was yeah. the case, I'd probably give it a two. Uh, it's just, it, it's a show that could have done a lot of things better, but has enough going for it that it's probably worth a, worth a watch. Okay. Yeah. Um... Let's see here. Uh, and finally, we come... I think we have one more thing. Or are, do we? No, is that the last thing? Are we done? I think we're done. Oh, we're done. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. As, yeah. He, as he kills my bandwidth. Yeah, that, <laughs> so yeah, that'll, that'll be it for this episode of BakuCast. Thank heavens. Um... Sorry, God, sorry, I'm, we sorry I, we bored you all the tears, but you know I have, yeah I apologize for everyone for this being two and a half friggin' hours. Yeah, uh, well, I don't, 
have most, of any... the, most of that was the season preview. Yeah, if it's any consolation, I also want to fall into a hole and never come back. Um, anyway, uh, next week we'll be talking about some of the new shows. Um, so that'll be fun. We'll be finishing up on Violet. Yep. We'll, we'll and talking about more fate. Um, that sounds ben, that sounds fateful. Wait, Dustin. I'm skipping a bunch of stuff because I'm tired. Uh, you can send us comments or questions at www.projectari.net, uh, audioentropy.com, or to our email address at Bakacast. at projectari.net. And you can also send questions or follow and or follow me on Twitter at SilsTheGM. And you can follow me on Twitter at Deathslinky. And you all know where to I find have, me. Yeah, I have started to uh, try and uh, you know tweet along when I'm watching uh, my anime. I'm definitely going to keep doing it with Fate. I'm going to do it as much as I can with the new season of shows. So I'm yeah, tweet, I should I'm I should tweet a bit more. I should tweet more as well. Tweet along yeah. <laughs> with still. Da, 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 da. Yep. Yep. Tweet along with me, uh, Ben. That's, yeah, that's, that works for you to say it that way, just not me. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Kidabush. Bye, y'all.